All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 132. It is a Friday afternoon in the capital city. We are only a couple of days away from the NHL trade deadline. A lot of talk about that coming up. First, we must thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant, for helping make all this possible. Check them out on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. They've got some giant sales on new vehicles or just some maintenance packages if you need to get your whip ready for the spring. And as we do every week, we start off with our giant question of the week. Mr. Uremchuk, what do you got for us uh-huh. this week? Sure, for giant question of the week. Like you said, Mr. Bag Milk, we are, we are days. We are, you can count the hours until the NHL trade deadline. Uh, give me this sure for giant question. Give me one player you think Ken Holland will acquire before Monday's deadline. I'll just take him off the board before we get into the real conversation. Boys, Luke Clendenning. Glendenning, soon to be Glendenning. an oiler. Future oiler. Future oiler coming in. It's the Jared Smithson trade of the year. So I'm going to predict he will be one. That won't be my answer, though. Dan, I'm looking at you with your headset on. What do you got? I think that the conversation around uh, a St. Louis Blue has got me kind of excited. I would love to see a sneaky pickup of Mike Hoffman and have him slide in on the wing with uh, old Nugent Hopkins. And, uh, and see what those two can do together because he is a guy that can shoot the puck, which is something that this team still needs to shoot more. Uh, looking at his contract on Puckpedia, he signed a one-year, $4 million contract. He's paid out, been paid out about $3 bucks of it so far. 
Um, it could be possible. He's having not a great year in, in, in St. Louis by the looks no. of it. Not a horrible it's year, but not a great year. David uh, Perron, current leader for the St. Louis Blues right now in points. Uh, man, I miss DP. The Oilers, the Oilers really need a player like that, you know? He's like annoying, yeah. but he can also score. Uh, I actually don't mind the Mike Hoffman uh, suggestion, Dan. I think that's at least plausible. Uh, Tyler, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think the Hoffman idea is really interesting because he's not going to go for nearly as much as a guy like Taylor Hall will. And if they're struggling to get a first for Taylor Hall, you could look at Hoffman and be like, man, if they keep half and you give them like next year's second, like maybe that's enough. And I, I wonder if Ken Holland will get tempted into doing that. Uh, my answer, though, I'm sticking with the bottom six centerman, but I'm not going to say Luke Glendening. I think the market's too high on him. I'm going to go with Derek Ryan out of Calgary. They're playing Calgary tomorrow. You can play that game, have him jump across the hallway, either before or after. Then he's good to go, and there's no quarantine period needed. If Calgary keeps half the money, they can make it work. He's been on waivers once this year, so it shouldn't cost a lot to get him. I think Ken Holland is going into this deadline with the approach of, I will... I will take whatever my fourth round pick can get me. And I think your fourth round pick can get you Derek Ryan. Rick, what are you thinking? You know what, man? I, I, I can't pull myself away. I, I still think, uh, and I may be wrong for the third or fourth time now, but I still think that it's, it's Taylor Hall. I, they need that. They need that, uh, that scoring left winger. Um, I, I get the Hoffman stuff, but from what I've heard, he's absolutely trash off the ice. He's a not a very wow. good teammate at all. Like some of the things I heard about when yeah. he left the bubble last year, um, to with uh, with the Panthers or whatever was you know that's if anyone says Taylor Hall's bad in the dressing room, this is not going to be far different. Um, but no, I, I see being Taylor. Here's the thing I'll say about the Hoffman off ice thing is that you're not bringing him in to be a. Uh, you're not leader. bringing him in to be a long-term fixture or a leader. You're bringing him in and just plopping him in the top six for like two months, right? Which is why I'm but a I little see, bit more interested. But I see like a Taylor Hall coming in and then adding on a year or two. I still see there's there's going to be this whole flat cap bridge area where some of these guys are going to, you know what? Like there's no point in chasing the big dollar right now. Uh, I think this is the closest you're going to see to super teams in the NHL just for that same reason. Like why chase an extra $750,000 when you can um, have an actual chance to win the Stanley cup and like it or not, we happen to be in a pretty good position that if you gave us one or two of those value contracts, we'd be in a, a we'd be in a, in a place to push. Why does it so sound like someone is, is someone's shuffling poker chips as surveyor Brett likes to say someone's mic is clipping some. We must all. Very, very still. Do not <laughs> move. The wind shall blow. Um, I, I'm kind of with Rick that, you know what? It, it would be fun to see Taylor Hall come back. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, first of all. I don't think the Oilers are going to be able to pull it off. I, I think it would be great. I think it would be fun. The story would be fun. The overreactions would be fun. The people going, oh, I don't want Taylor Hall. And then he does something. Taylor Hall is going to go, oh, he's okay. It would just be funny to me to have that kind of story wrap up for full circle and have both he and Larson on the same team would also be funny. But I, I just. And Holland I, looked at him last year at the deadline and Holland looked at him in, in, at UFA time. Yep. Holland is. You know, there's, a, there's Holland all sorts of those. Contract yeah. There's all sorts of little parallels there too, that I, I just see it finally coming together now. Boys, I think I just found a sneaky one down low on the trade board here on TSN. Uh, another another reclim- reclamation project, but one Andrew Cogliano, left wing plus center, 
plays uh, plays that kind of game that we need in the bottom six, but he could also be a guy you could slot up further in the lineup if you needed him. Here's where I don't love the idea of Cogliano is that he's not necessarily a big body. I know he plays like a ferocious style. I don't think he's a huge upgrade in, in the center ice position when it comes to winning faceoffs. And they have a lot of bottom six penalty killing wingers, right? Like is Andrew Cogliano significantly an upgrade on Josh Archibald? Or even Drew Devin Shore. Fuck God, I'll never. Nobody. I think he makes that. I think he makes that combination even better because he's just another Archibald. Where type are you going to play him though? Where are you going to play him? Are you taking Cassian out of the lineup for him? Yes. You're taking Zach Cassian out of the lineup <laughs> for game one. <laughs> <of the playoffs. laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> yes. I absolutely. If I'm acquiring Andrew Cogliano, I'm removing Zach Cassian from this lineup. <laughs> that's foolish that's a foolish decision to make (laughs) absolutely i don't know i don't think i don't think it's that out of the realm of again you know i think that you need to i think we still need more center depth kyle turris is not an nhler anymore i've I've really held on to the hope yeah and i've i've really held on to the hope that he could find it but it is not there that he is tough to watch on the ice i think cogliano comes in and is a better player than turris immediately and a better player than Cassian is most nights. Yeah, Cassian you, plays a good role, but you he need play very often. you need Cassian to get going come playoff time, or else it's just going to be a lot of trouble. Also, I, like Cogliano doesn't even play center anymore. He's only taken twelve draws in thirty six games this year. So you're not bringing him in to replace Turris. You'd be bringing him in to replace either Chase on or Cassian or Archibald. Yeah. Or you're not doing that. <laughs> He's a lefty though, too, right? So you're going to go on the left side. Well, exactly. Yeah, you you got an issue on the left side already with guys moving around. I just, I don't know. Even if you jumble up positions in the bottom six, there's no room for a guy like Cogliano. It's either you get a centerman or you get an impact winger. But you don't Cassian's need to go. playing on his off wing now because he's that useless. Yeah, but the point is you paid the guy $3.2 million. You need to get him going. Like, I, I don't think Ken Holland's at a spot where he's like, Bring fuck, in I competition. That's how there's enough going. competition down there. Tyler Ennis is on the taxi squad. That's fair. I like just to wrap this. I wish, I mean, my wish for this trade deadline and it's not going to happen would be something that was what Ken Holland tried to do last year with Andreas Athletic, you know, where you could pick up a guy who isn't going to only be around for a handful of games. Although Athens was in the end, which was a product of COVID. But, you know, if I had my, if I had my wish list, it would be, you know, I would love a guy like Ricard Raquel, to come into the Oilers oh, and provide some scoring into the top six. I would love that though. That would add some more create uh, competition into the right side. I don't know if he plays his off wing or not, but that's the kind of player I would love for them to get because I just don't know how much better the Oilers can be if they spend assets to acquire a rental for the bottom six, you know, doesn't change, doesn't change much. I don't to think me, the bottom six agree, is really doesn't, that much of their problem. You know? much. So, uh, so if that's not necessarily the problem, then what is the point of trying to add there? You know, here's what I'll say is I think going out and like getting, they could use a centerman. Cause right now, like we saw how depleted they played Gaetan Haas on their second line last night. 
Like, are you fucking kidding me? How dare um, you? Gaetan Haas is excellent. I love him. He's one of my favorite Oilers, but like, let's get real. I think bringing in a bottom six centerman could help you out. And the other thing it does, if it costs you only the fourth round pick this year, it might send a message to like Connor and Leon and, and Nuge and the core group being like, listen, we believe in you guys. We're not standing still or, or just refusing to do anything at the deadline. Like here's a little bit of help. I think it gives the room like a good vibe when you're willing to just say, Hey, here's a little push you guys. Oh, well, I mean, I, I can, I can buy that. But in that case, then would, is a bottom six center going to do as much as maybe some more depth on defense? I would argue that it, to me, it, it, it like what Tyler said, it, it signals to the, the top guys that it's, you know, you're making an effort, but also we, we do need to up our offense from the bottom six. You know, we can't consider, we can't count on McDavid and, and Leon to not get shut down by the Leafs. The Leafs have done a really good job of that this year. Um, so you need more offense from that bottom six. Uh, you need offense from the defense as well. And I think that to your point, Bag Milka, I think adding some more depth there would help that as well. We've had a um, lot. We have more offense than our defense oh, than yeah, anywhere else sure. in the league. And that we've ever had in a long time. But, and that needs to, that needs to continue. You but need again, to solidify I, I that, that second. You need to solidify that second line so you can split up Connor and Leon. So you can split up the other team's best defensive players to make things easier for everybody else. We need to find someone who can score on that left wing. We absolutely do. Like, and, and that's even a situation where like Frank Sarvalli was talking on the rundown about how no one is calling Ottawa on Ryan Zingle. Okay. Well, if we're an hour away from the deadline and you're Ken Holland, I'm calling, I'm saying, Hey, Why I got not? a fourth. Sure. I got a fourth. Give me, give me Zingle, bring him over here. And maybe Ottawa with an hour to go before the deadline says fucking better than nothing and takes what it. Was, what do you go the first time for first? Yeah, fuck, well, shit, when Columbus, that was the <laughs> deadline where Garmo Kekalainen was, like, was like, well, I might get fired if I don't win a playoff round and just yeah, like like went two, balls out. Two yeah, so ago, he, got, he got traded from the Hurricanes along with the seventh round pick um, to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Anthony Duclair a second and, and two seconds. Yeah. So Anthony Duclair and two second round picks. And then he just got moved from Carolina back to Ottawa for Galchaniak and Cedric Pocket. <laughs> Galchaniak obviously got moved again from there. So they waved him. Yeah. Suitcases. Um, but like, I, I think like Zingle's probably the bare minimum of what I do in terms of acquiring a left winger. Like, I think if he's going to be worse than that, it's probably just worth giving guys like Ennis and Cahoon a rotating look and hoping one of them gets like stupid hot. Um, but if, if you can't get a Zingle or better winger for a second to fourth round pick in next year's draft, which like, is a very, very tough ask, then I think you just check down and get the best centerman available, give this team a little bit more depth and roll the dice. Like, well, yeah. the, going back to Dezingle, he's got eight goals and 14 points, or sorry, 12 points so far this year between he, the Hurricanes and Senators. So that's, if you look at eight goals, I mean, that can help. And like, and he's even a with the centerman. guy who can play center or left wing, you know. Was anyone was anyone giving a standing ovation to Shirelli when he acquired David DeHarnay? Like, no. But I mean, they probably still they, they might, with that trade. Okay, but they still they probably <laughs> they probably don't beat San Jose without him. Yeah, a little it's just the, a he scored the one. He scores the one goal. I still think the team in general could have won. Yeah, I mean, they could have. Plays that role. But like he came, that's what I mean with a guy like Glenn Denning, right? Like what if Luke Glenn Denning is the guy who wins you like a couple key face offs and then chips in with like could be the answer. Well, it depends what the question is. He's the Todd Harvey of our 2006 run there. You can't see it. That's, that's the guy you want right there over my, Rick is is showing us a poster of Taylor hall. 
on his yeah. fridge. Obviously, Taylor Hall would <laughs> make it yeah. an absolute like he's having a horrible season in Buffalo. We all know that. I mean, some of the some of the graphics that were going around last night after Devin Shore scored his fourth of the year, Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall combined for four. That's pretty fucking hilarious to me. But we know Taylor Hall is a good player. He's, he's having a horrible season. That would be the ideal. I just I just can't I can't see it. See, and I'm willing to sacrifice that first overall because we're gonna get, we're gonna have an opportunity to sign him for a year or two. Well, I would, I would rather, would... I would rather just keep the pick and sign him anyways. If you want to, like uh, to me, like the playoff run, I don't know. It's important. Don't get me wrong, but like I'll save the first man and then I'll sign Taylor Hall in the off season. And then I'll use that prospect. I draft at next year's deadline to load up fucking again and go for a cup next year. That's if you, that's if we can make that Like this draft just seems so sketchy to me this year. None of these kids are playing. It's just, it's just so weird. If you're going to give up one, this might be the one to do it. It's it's I'm I'm looking at this upcoming draft as like an absolute fucking roulette spin, but that doesn't mean you still can't hit. <laughs> but you know what? Toss. If you hit that number and you get that what thirty-eight craps, to one, that's all you no, need. I was gonna say, what about a, can we just call it a crap toss or something? That's yeah. more speaking my language here. Uh, the field pays, you know. Yeah, <laughs> field pays. Well, just around the horn, really quick before we move on. Um, we've got our wish list in a little bit, but what do you actually think is going to happen? Like if you were going to put your, to quote risky business, your easy money bet in on the trade deadline, what are the Oilers doing on Monday? Tyler? They're getting Derek Ryan. I, I think he's a good fit. I think he's available. I think it'll be, he'll be cheap to get. It's a decent story bringing him back to Edmonton too. They're getting a Derek Ryan type player. If it's not him, like, you know, whether it be that or even like uh, some sort of depth to defenseman, um, I don't see anything big happening, but yeah. Dan? Yeah, I think it's just a small tweak here or there, defenseman. Not, nothing flashy. I, 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 the dream is to get a left winger, but I, I just don't think it happens. Yeah, it would be great. Like all of a sudden you, we wake, uh, the deadline comes at one o'clock Eastern on Monday and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, Taylor Hall. Oh shit, Jake DeBrusque. That would be I'm great. Telling you, man, I'm telling you, man, like Halsey hasn't played in like a week. There, Buffalo's pretty close to the to the border. Maybe he just drove north for a little bit. He's been hanging out in a motel, just you know, on the other side of Niagara Falls or something like that. <laughs> he's just, just hanging waiting. out in Windsor right now. He's in yeah, Falls yeah. View, like he's just at the casino. He's like, "Fuck, I got to kill this quarantine." <laughs> two uh, two you know Ottawa what? games and a Calgary game, and bang, he's here for the uh, following Saturday game. Let's go. You know what? I'll call Brock from uh, Daily Faceoff and get him to take a rip around Windsor today and see if he has any Taylor Hall sightings. <laughs> just scream <laughs> Taylor out into the streets. Uh, okay. So I think we're all kind of on the same page. I would per- very much predict a Jared Smithson type scenario um, for the upcoming trade deadline. It's going to piss a lot of people off. Ken Holland's going to speak here while we're recording. It's about one twenty-three As I look at the clock, he's going to be speaking in 10 minutes. We're going to watch and see if we can pull any quotes out of that before the end of the episode. But first I must thank our friends at skip the dishes, for making sure that I stay fed last weekend. I ordered so much Chinese food, so much Chinese food. But I, what I will tell you is my plan to make it through the entire weekend did not happen. Good. I got to, I got to Saturday and no more Saturday breakfast. I was done. So what did I do? I went back to skip the dishes and I ordered myself a donair for that night because that's what you do. <laughs> that's what you do. Get a little bit of a little bit of variety in your life for things you can't cook. Skip the dishes.ca thousands of options, support local tip your drivers. Make sure you are well-fed this weekend. Uh, I want to touch on Taylor Hall a little bit more, um, just really quickly. Doug McLean, 
Um, former GM Doug McLean, not exactly an Oilers insider by any means, but he did make a little bit of a couple of waves this week when he suggested something he heard that the Oilers were trying to get both Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Taylor Hall for under $12 million is their goal. Um, obviously, I think all of us could agree that would probably be pretty fucking sweet. Wouldn't you sacrifice your first round pick if you knew you could get that done? No, I'd get it done in July. But what if he, what if it is, but this is solidifies it's guaranteed. And I, I understand it's necessary. If, if you, you if don't need, can... a, you don't need a scoring left winger. Well, yeah, but uh, at that first cost, a lot, man, that's the cost. Yeah. At 6 million. Think of like Dylan Holloway. Like if you dealt that at the deadline last year, then like you would have missed out on a chance to add like an incredible um, close to but, immediate but, impact prospect. But for what? a guy who follows a lot of minor hockey or sorry, a, a yeah. lot of like junior hockey, even you're calling this draft a crapshoot. Well, that's exactly why you want to have a later round draft pick at yeah. this point. Cause some guy that you've been watching and eyeing up that other teams haven't could fall to you at, at the 22nd spot or the 23rd and the ex- spot. And the exact yeah. opposite stuff can happen just as the, well. The of only course. way I'm moving the first round pick this year is if, and Ken Holland, maybe he knows this in, in some way is if he thinks he has some deals come draft day where it's like, all right, before the expansion draft, I'm moving Jones for a second round pick. I'm plucking off this guy, getting a third here. I'm multiplying that third. Like if he thinks he can multiply his assets in, before the draft, kind of like what he did in last year's draft, then like, I'm a little bit more open to it, but I just, the Oilers can't go into a draft and not pick until like the fourth or fifth round. Like that's just, you can't yeah. do that. The question, I guess, would be for you, Rick. Would you rather give up a first for Taylor Hall or a second for Mike Hoffman? Or we don't have a uh, second. We don't have a second. Second next year, though. Next year, I mean, sorry. Yeah, next year. I'll still give it. To, I, I I want someone that's going to be here for the next two years as well. And I think you can get Taylor Hall done. And I don't again from every story I've heard about Mike Hoffman. That's not a guy you want in your dress. But again, Everyone yeah, you're not. On, you're not talking about Hall the. Being, you're not talking about on Hall for doing what he did. But that's just it. When you bring Taylor Hall here, I think there is an extension in, 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 in there. Taylor Hall, even he came out he is... yesterday or the day before that yeah. he's willing to talk extension. Like everything, everything just keeps pushing towards, and maybe it's just you know wishful thinking. But everything keeps going closer and closer to, towards the Oilers. I would predict that I have a better chance of going on a date with Miranda Kerr on Monday than Taylor Hall being an Edmonton Oiler. You're gonna shoot your <laughs> shot though. I'm gonna try. I'll see if her DMs are open, but uh, I'm not liking my chances, Tyler. And as much as I would love to see Tay-Tay back here, again, the story would be hilarious. The reactions would be hilarious. Um, Just do the uh, do the Jeannie Bouchard thing where you say, if Taylor Hall gets traded to Edmonton, will you go on a date with me? And yeah. she'd probably go, who? Yeah. And <laughs> probably say yes, because, you know, she doesn't and know. The big problem I see it is uh, Miranda Kerr, as far as I'm Googling right now, is married to the guy who invented Snapchat. So... I don't have billions of dollars, but uh, he might be pretty rich. Eh? I do. Dude, have, does he have Frank? I do have an air fryer, a handsome dog and a couple of rings of garlic sausage in the fridge that may sweeten the deal. I don't know. We'll see. He might have invented Snapchat, but you host a rather successful Oilers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Number two yes. in all of India. That's right. I think we actually fell out of that rank. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can check. Oh, no. Yeah, please. Oh, people of India, get us back up to number two, please. (laughs) Please. Good Lord. All right. Getting away from the trade deadline for a little bit. I do want to talk about uh, what happened this week. Oilers wrapped up their series sweep against the Senators last night. Nine straight games. And I just want to get everybody's take on it because I think that 
there's two things I think about it. One, yes, it's the Senators. I completely get why people are like, oh, it's the Senators. They're a young team rebuilding, blah, blah, blah. I get that. I get why some people would discount beating them nine times. However, as Dave Tippett said last night in his post game, no one else did it. No one else did it. So yeah. I just want to get everybody's take on the series sweep against the Senators. Tyler, you got to take. Go on. Yeah, like, okay, there's the people outside of Edmonton who are like, oh, it's the fucking Senators. Like, what are you going to do? Like, I saw Rod Peterson was like, hmm, the Oilers are only like, this is their record when you take out the wins against Ottawa. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. If it, I, on, I think it's right. If it was so easy, everyone would have done it. And people are acting like Oilers fans are like bragging or hanging their hat on this. There is no Oilers fan that is like, we are the best because we beat the shit out of Ottawa nine times. No one's saying that, but yet there's like this weird outside of Edmonton conversation where they're like, oh yeah, the Oilers think they're hot shit because they beat Ottawa nine times. No, there's no Oilers fan sitting there being like, we're going for the cup because we beat the hell out of Artem Zub and whoever else is on the Senators roster. <laughs> like that conversation isn't happening in Edmonton. It's only happening outside of the Oilers fan base. So I just don't understand why so many people outside this market want to like, discount those wins like they have something to gain for it or like they're proving something to Oilers fans like yeah you know what fucking right Oilers beat the Senators nine times those are 18 points that not every other team in the division got there's something to be said there those points are valuable but the Oilers are not cup contenders no one's pretending they are simply off the fact they beat Ottawa and the people who want to discount those wins should probably just zip it for a while well that's my point too is like the job if you look at it was to get the most points out of 18 that you possibly yep. could they got all 18. The Senators got zero. Not even a loser point. So, sure, say what you want to say about the Oilers beating the Senators nine times, but then what does that mean for the other teams that did not beat them nine times? What does that say for the Flames, who had one media member say that Ottawa was the free bingo space this year, yeah. whereas they've lost to Ottawa, I believe it's five times. So somebody's got to win these games, and the Oilers did it. Other teams didn't. Dan, what's your take on sweeping the sense? Well, yeah, you echo everything that Tyler said about the other fan bases, uh, but we need to prepare ourselves for the fact that when it comes down to, you know, heart voting and uh, the Art Ross conversation, <laughs> all those things, people are going to bring this up as well. You know, it's going to be, a, well, he scored this many points against the Ottawa Senators. As far as I checked, the Ottawa Senators are still an NHL team. Yes, Sometimes the roster on paper doesn't look like it, but they are an NHL team just like we were. And we were the free bingo spot for everybody else in our division for, for how many years. And the conversation really wasn't that big of a deal back then. You know, Oh, you beat the Oilers seven times this year. Okay. No, it was never that conversation. You're supposed to. They hate us. Exactly. They hate us because they ain't us. We're a, we're a one man team one night. We're a two man team another night. And then, you know, our depth goes and scores three goals and, Nobody has anything else to say. So it's, they just, uh, people just like to hate on the Oilers. It's, it's the way it is. We have two of the best players in the world on our team. And so people are going to expect us to, you know, be the greatest team of all time, but that's not how team sports work. And uh, we just have to learn to deal with it. And again, like I said, get prepared for people to try and discount the fact that Connor McDavid scored, you know, 17 goals against the Ottawa Senators this year. And, and that somehow downgrades his ability as a player. You want a I hot just, take? Connor McDavid could probably not play another game all season. If, if you took Drysdale McDavid out of the lineup, McDavid would still win the scoring race in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like Patrick Kane is 18 points back of him. That's fucked. And he's people would hate on him still. Pardon? Kane's third? Kane's third. 
Dry Kane <laughs> Kane has fifty one. Dry has sixty one. McDavid has sixty nine. Nice, nice. <laughs> I just think uh, before I get to Rick, I also think the Ottawa Senators. Like, if you watch these two games that they played against the the Oilers this week specifically, that fucking team works hard, man. And you know what? They've got players like uh, say Stutzel was not on a dry spell right now. They've got some players that can burn you if given the chance. I think Brady Kachuk's going to be a hell of a player. Uh, a lot better than his older brother, to be honest. And oh, yeah. I, I think that Ottawa has got a very bright future and yes, it's been nice to beat them nine times this year, but I don't think that's going to be the case for very long with that team because they've got some good, they've got some good players there. Spe- speaking of uh, Brady Kachuk, I don't think Leon Dreisettle is getting himself invited to any Kachuk family barbecues. Hey, like he no, loves he's... beefing with the Kachuk brothers. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have the chance here in a matter of days to piss off both of them. And I love it so much. So, so much. Rick, wrap up the sweep against the Sens for us. I don't know if there's much to say but that, uh, that you guys missed out on there. Um, yeah, there's obviously there's been a, a jealousy or an anger or whatever you want to call it since Connor got here. Um, there's a couple teams I kind of thought they were picking better when they left Leon on the board for us. Well, hey, we are what we are. You had to win those games. They came out, they won the games. There's, you know, everyone, everybody in the, on, Ottawa is an NHL player. So you have to win. They won move on. There's not, not much you can say about it. 18 points in the bank, 18 points in the bank. Well, and but those also two, the, the combined points for Connor and Leon in those eight games or nine games, sorry, is absolutely fucking mind blowing. Yeah. That's really, yeah, like, it's I don't, not, that's was exactly it. Two? That's it's not like they're, it's not like they're soft padding their stats against the senators. Like they absolutely decimated them. And that's exactly what they should do. Just like when, when we went up against the Vegas golden Knights during their expansion year and they were down to their third string goalie and we torched that guy. That's exactly what the best players in the league are supposed to do. I don't get why that's a knock against the Oilers, but, it is what it is. I uh, just since we're talking about Connor and Leon, I think we would be remiss to go through Weather's Nation Radio without talking about Leon Drysaddle scoring from the parking lot on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Same. it a little bit on Real Life yesterday, but that goal by Leon Drysaddle from behind the goal line was completely obnoxious. Not touching the goalie at all. You just and how he hit net too. That wasn't a bank shot in off the goalie. It went straight into the net. I had to pull out a protractor. I was calculating the hypotenuse on what that looked like. What did you guys think? Because I've watched the highlight 50 times now, and every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Uh, Rick, what do you think about that one? You're just speechless, man. Like that, it, I think most of us have played. Most of us have had a stick in our hands and, and taken shots, and there's nothing you can say. Like That's just he's one of the greatest scorers in the NHL right now. That's they they do funny things. It's like watching a guy score from a corner kick without touching anything. He's kind of bends the ball in there somehow and just whatever. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's fun to watch. I like, we were talking about that again. Like I just imagined myself playing shinny or something like that, trying to hit the net from the goal line and probably fucking putting it on my own bench. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, what do you think of dry side goal? The thing I appreciate about Leon Dreisaitl, and I like taking these questions about McDavid or Dreisaitl and spinning them into bigger picture things, is remember when he came into the league that first time and everyone was like, fuck, he's too slow. He doesn't skate well enough. And what did he do? He worked his bag off, became a better skater. Then it was like, ah, is he ever, like, he, you know, he's just a perimeter player. He's a secondary piece. He's not like lethal. He's not elite. What did he do in that 50 goal season? He won, found an area that not a lot of NHL players were going to, which was the bottom of the fucking circle. And he started working on that one timer. I think Jason Greger has talked about how much work he put into at practice, working on his one timer, working on his one timer, 
knowing that if he played with Connor, he needed to be able to shoot the fucking pill. His speed, his ability to work the puck through the neutral zone, and that shot were not aspects of his game that existed when he was coming out of junior. And he worked on them, and he really, like, natural talent is one thing, and he certainly has a lot of it. But when I think when you look at Leon Dreisettle and even compare him a little bit to Connor McDavid, like the areas McDavid has gotten better in, like he's shooting the puck more, he's scoring more, but he's done that. It's decision-based. He always had the ability to do that. He just decided to shoot the fucking puck more and it's working. Leon Dreisettle had to like actively work on these aspects of his game and like put his mind to improving more. And that's what makes him almost so likable and so easy to root for is that he's this superstar player who like had to, have the active mindset to turn himself into a superstar player. It's, it has been fun to watch uh, Leon, right? Cause if you look back now that I'm thinking about it, since you brought it up, his rookie season obviously was very slow going. Yeah. Um, you went back down to Kelowna, then he played a handful of games in Bakersfield after that. And then that was it. And then from there, it just, he turned into a freak. And over these last couple of years, he has, completely reinvented himself as a goal scorer and it's fun to watch. Like I said, I don't know if there's a better player in the league from scoring near the goal line than, uh, than dry is, but it's, it's pretty nuts to watch. Um, Rick, what are you waving about? Uh, so this is from, this is off the, off the old Twitter machine here. Nuge is not playing again tomorrow. Oh, he's banged up. Obviously this is yeah, not I mean, a trade deadline thing. No, but do you think so? You saw you saw the highlight yesterday, he's right? His, his, his chin goes off that dude's shoulder. Yeah, he's concussed for sure, for sure, for sure. And well, having this, like, I think that this week you know, off might be a big help for us. Then, yes, exactly. Like, I think that they showed that highlight many times. Gregor tweeted it as well. Um, you could tell he goes bell rung. And if there's one game coming up against Calgary. Uh, and then a week off or whatever it hopes to, to return, hopes to return against the jets next week. Yeah. So the, the thing would be like, if this was a long-term injury, the Oilers have wrapped up a playoff spot. Like they're going to the dance, like Montreal almost in a sick twisted way, like got lucky with the Gallagher injury. Cause now they have more space at the deadline, right? Like the Islanders could only acquire Kyle Palmieri because they lost Anders Lee, which is a huge loss for the season. He's not even come back for the playoffs, but like, if Nugent Hopkins, if if he was like, I'm not playing for a month, they could LTIR him and they could use that space at the deadline. And if he plans on, or if he thinks he might play sa- Saturday against the Jets, then 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 I think you know you're obviously not going to do that. But the one thing I wonder is if Nuge is out, does this maybe these last two games where it's Gaetan Haas centering the second line? I wonder if that changes Holland's mindset of like, you know what? It's not always a guarantee that these guys are healthy, and if one of those big three goes down, like Nuge is right now. And yes, I still consider him a part of a big three. If one of them goes down, like there's not really anyone just waiting in the wings to step up. Yamamoto was great on the power play, but you know what I mean? Like, so maybe, who you maybe the then? injury changes his mindset. Where, where, where do you think it puts it then in the terms of getting that extra centerman who can step up or in terms of getting that better ex- extra left winger so that all of a sudden it's not that big of a deal. Like you split up Connor and Leon, mm-hmm. you still have two relatively decent. You're only worried about, you know, uh, one left wing spot. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just think maybe it maybe he doesn't even care about the position. Maybe he's just like, fuck, I really need to go get an impact top six winger, whether it's a left winger, whether it's someone who can even. So you're talking center. yeah, like a top six guy as yeah, opposed yeah, to the, the bottom six, yeah. six who can get elevated into, into, or, into injury relief. 
or maybe the price is a fourth round pick and a prospect for, for a centerman like Ryan or Glenn Denning. I don't know what the price would be, but let's just say, you know, he wanted to give up X. The ask was this other side. And then this injury, he kind of goes, fuck, you know what? It's not worth taking the risk. Like I'll give up the whatever low tier prospect it is. Like if I need to throw Cooper Marodi in the trade, I'll fucking do it now. <laughs> uh, looking at a couple of quotes. Zach Lang is tweeting the Holland press conference right now. Uh, basically says the others will have to be dollar in dollar out on any trade because of the LTIR space that they've used. Um, shortened quarantine period obviously changes things. I forgot about that. Sense. So it's now a week instead of uh, the two weeks. So that obviously changes a little bit. And for the Nugent Hopkins thing, if you're listening to this right now, the Oilers are not trading Nugent Hopkins for Monday. Um, oh, no. If, I mean, here's what I would say again. I've said it before. I love Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Everybody knows it. But if they were miles apart on a, on a new extension, I would probably trade him before Monday, but um, you can't not have assets for that player, but they're not going to do it. So I still so which think, mean, which back. means, which means is they're not miles apart and everybody who sits there and goes, what if he's asking for $13 million then they can't afford, well, he's not, he's not, un, he's not unreasonable like that. He's never shown that he's been here the whole time. He's been humble. He's been quiet. He's been a leader. Uh, he's always followed, you know, just followed along, along with, uh, with, with everything he does not come off as the guy who's going to want to ask for some ridiculous amount of money. This will get done. And also just again, for people who are saying how horrible he is this year, he's still on pace for close to 60 points and he's not playing at his best. So maybe pump the brakes over a full season. So let's relax here a little bit on Nugent Hopkins. Um, And last thing I want to say, there's no way that a contract extension for the place he's been a decade isn't weighing on him in the first place. Uh, Moving on. So it's going to be interesting to see Ken Holland. I think that I'm actually looking forward to the reaction to this press conference because no matter what he said, people are going to be fucking pissed off about it. And I think that adds an interesting layer to his job because we Weathers fans are a little bit upset. So since we were unable to get Nugent Hopkins in for the lineup tomorrow against Calgary, we might as well talk about Calgary. This will be the eighth game of the year between these two clubs. Oilers have won five of seven so far. A couple of those have been handily won. Uh, they've outscored the Flames by 10 total goals on you know, the goal differential over those seven games. So no Nuge tomorrow. Will be interesting to see what Dave Tippett does. Does he leave Connor and Leon together and poor Gaetan Haas has to try and moonlight as the second line center? I don't know. Tyler, what do you think? Personally, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. When Nuge came out before yesterday's game and I'm just like, Connor and Leon still together, huh? All right. <laughs> I tweeted out. I was like, that's a bold move from Tippett, and I love it. And people are like, oh, yeah, it's bold until it blows up in his face and they fucking lose. And I wanted to be like, they've won eight in a row against Ottawa. Even if they lost last night's game, like, I really wouldn't have given a shit. I didn't even bet on it because I was like, I don't even care. Like, they can win. They can lose. It does nothing for me. And I think it's kind of just sort of a big, like, middle finger to the Senators who've been kind of pushing them around at times and, like, been a bit of a thorn in their sides. Um, I thought it was just like a, I don't give a shit if we're missing Nugent Hopkins here. I'll play Gaetan Haas in my top six and still beat <laughs> you guys. I thought it was funny. I don't think Dave Tippett thinks like that, but I thought it was funny. Uh, I too thought it was funny. Uh, Gaetan Haas though, to his credit, had some fucking chances last night, didn't he? That oh, yeah. one where he picked it up right in the slot and walked in, tried to do a little dipsy dangle to his backhand. I made me laugh. I love Gaetan Haas. 
when you the lost problem, Gaetan Haas, go ahead. The go problem ahead. for us not being is not being that hey, Gaetan Haas was up on the second line. It's that Turris was in an elevated role and was absolutely horrible. That well, was the issue there. To me, the Jujar line was the second line last night. Yeah, and 100%. He, he, that, that's a problem. But at the same point, they came up with a huge goal. Devin Shore got the game winner. So you need depth Man. goals. Need, sorry, go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that depth support they're getting right now, come playoff time, like, if Kara and Shore can keep playing this way in the postseason and a guy like Cassian wakes up, all of a sudden the Oilers' bottom six, it, I'm just saying it's not out of the picture that the bottom six could turn into a strength year if guys start playing a little bit better, it's, or in the case of Shore and Kara, just keep playing as well as they are. It's the middle of the lineup right now that we need the help on. The top end's fine. The bottom end, the fourth line, obviously, we've That's liked fair. what they've been doing. It's the middle six right now that we need to kind of get figured out. I called... An- Let's talk about that for a second, because on real life, I called the second line, which would have been Cahoon, Nuge, Yamamoto, the no confidence crew, because I think a lot of them, those guys just really, really need a goal. So the nice news last night is Yam got his, Yam got his and I know it was an empty netter, but Pugliarvi also got one last night. And I think those were two guys that really, really needed a goal. And I will also welcome our listeners in since he's gone now. Tyler, your <laughs> Remchuk has got a baby bladder and he had a little, has to have a little pee pee because he's been drinking coffee throughout the A little too much coffee on him. <laughs> a little too much coffee. And I make, it makes it interesting for you, uh, dear listeners, to know that he was rushing us to get started on this fucking podcast when he could have taken a moment to pee, to dehydrate before the podcast. Do you think he comes we- back with what? Do you think he comes back with one of those eight beers he wants to drink? Well, he did say he's got eight beers he wants to drink before four o'clock. It is now quarter to two, so we are running out of time. I'm guessing, uh, let's all weigh in on this. I'm going to guess he comes back with a beer and maybe a snack. I'm going like some zero. Some kind of trail mix. Zero. He's too, much of a, he's too much of a professional. He's running. Dan, what are you thinking? You're looking- yeah, I think he busts through that door, stumbles, falls, Kool-Aid, climbs Kool-Aid up man. into the chair slowly. Yeah. <laughs> I it's going to be see, good. It's going to be I worth see, it for the listeners because we'll, we'll give them the play-by-play. Oh, absolutely. We will. I could see Tyler reappearing with a, with a Kool-Aid jammer, maybe. Maybe something a little sugary, a little sweet before he hits the beers. I, I'm thinking he's going to come in with a trail mix type snack, though. So we will keep you posted whenever he comes back here. Um, and just uh, as we're talking, uh, again, we've mentioned that the Ken Holland presser is going on right now. And uh, Zach Lang just tweeted out that Holland said the organization is very happy with the taxi squad and the depth the team has heading into the playoffs. So he thinks Which that screams he, second line left winger uh, Holland quote said, I think that if anything happens between now and Monday, it is to find someone who can upgrade at a position or have an impact. <laughs> Come on. You can't tell me this is sound like Taylor Hall. This is like storybook stuff. This it would be, it would be stuff. stuff for Taylor Hall for sure. For sure. I just, again, Miranda Kerr, I'm, I'm waiting for you. I didn't invent Snapchat, but I did invent the Beatcast, and those are very similar in my opinion. And um, you have a Snapchat account. That is true. I have a Snapchat account. I will put the puppy dog filters on for you if needed. Uh, what did he have in his hand? Yeah, Nothing. Tyler, what did you have there? Where? What did you bring into the room? What did you grab? Uh, my phone. Ah. Yeah, I had nothing. Ah. Ah. Sorry, boys. We were all, we were all taking bets. You are going to have Rick one of beers. Oh, I should have grabbed a beer, actually. But, ah, well. An ice cold uh, nation beer. Actually, yeah. I have some Dog Island beers in the fridge. It does feel like a nation beer kind of Friday, and I will be cracking mm-hmm. one of those shortly. Uh, but first, I want to give some love to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. Maybe it's time that you shop around for some new insurance. Get a quote. 
maybe for your whip, maybe for your house. You combine both of them, get a little discount. That'd be nice, right, Tyler? Yes, it would be. Thank you. Uh, Cornerstone <laughs> in cornerstoneins.ca. Go check them out and shop around for your insurance. Um, again, Ken Holland deadline is go or uh, interviews going on right now with the media. He's going to preview the trade deadline though with Ken Holland. He doesn't really say a whole lot despite saying a lot of words. I don't really expect a whole lot to come out of this though. Dan is keeping us updated. He did mention the taxi squad though, and the depth getting from the taxi squad. Uh, one guy I want to mention, Evan Bouchard hasn't played in a minute. Hasn't played since Toronto, I believe. Uh, do you think that there's value to Evan Bouchard being with the Oilers despite not playing games, practicing with the big squad and kind of sitting and watching Tyler? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, I might even be in the minority on this, but like Evan Bouchard apparently doesn't want to go back to Bakersfield. Ken Holland has made it clear that Evan Bouchard doesn't need to go back to Bakersfield. And it's not like a, it's not like this is a normal season where a, you can send him up and down whenever you want. If he goes down, you need to keep him down, which the quarantine rules make it difficult with prospects. Also, he played a lot of hockey this year. He played 23, 24 games over in Europe. So he got some games done in a minor league this year. He's played in 12 NHL games this year as well. So he's played 35 games since like November. That's, I know he hasn't played a lot in the last month, but like, it's not like he's just been rotting and he's practicing against NHLers. I think that's valuable. He's working with the NHL coaching staff. Like, I don't know. I just don't think it's as big of a waste as some people think it is. Like, I think it's just not a huge deal right now. Rick or Dan, thoughts on Bouchard? Yeah, I completely agree with you, Tyler. Um, it's just getting overblown, I think, because they, they have him here. I didn't know he didn't want to be down there. If he doesn't want, they probably gave him the, off, the, the option then. Um, maybe they keep somebody else around on the taxi squad. But he's obviously not quite in the top three. Uh, right-handed defenseman and he's not in the in, in the top seven of overall defensemen so yeah you can't rush him in he's still young you're right he did play a lot of hockey already there's still a lot to be learned to be uh practicing and, and living with the team like this it's not the end of his career and yeah a little bit of the COVID kicks in and and makes it impossible for you to well, almost impossible to bring him up and down so it, it is what it is it sucks but uh I don't think it's as big of a a loss or even that big of a, of shade being thrown out of either. I like to imagine Bouchard up at 6am and he's making lunches for the boys. You know, that's the crust <laughs> off Yamamoto sandwich diagonally cut, perfectly wrapped. That's what I think Bouchard's doing on his off days. Daniel, what were you going to say? I, I just selfishly, I'd like to see more Bouchard in the lineup. I just love what I thought he he'd be in and, last night to be honest. and the poise that he has. Maybe he plays against Calgary because Calgary is, another free bingo spot on the card too. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think more so selfishly for me, I just like, I like what he brings to the game and I like watching him play. Um, but it like Tyler, he mentioned, will, he'll he see more, a lot of games. he'll see more hockey once we get close to the playoffs and they start resting some of uh, uh, some of the guys. Oh yeah. I, I like, totally agree. A guy like Tyson Berry can probably use a night off. Cause I still oh. like I'm, con- they, they haven't said anything, but I'm convinced he's hurt. He's not moving. Right. He's not moving right. Plus, he's run into every See, he, single person. Yeah, and, he, and, and everyone's like, "Oh, they just got to give him a night off. Give him a night off." Do you want like? It'd be such a slap in the face if you're not like the coach has to talk to you about this. You're a veteran player. You can't just sit a guy for you know just because he's not playing well or something like that. Like it's just I know that sounds stupid and whatnot, but you you have to like talk to the guy first. And if he doesn't want to sit, then you, you you let him play through his injury. 
even or his for rough me, spot I just, or whatever it is. For me, I just he looks hurt to me. That's why I would think that he look. I just don't think he's skating the same way as we're used to. Because last night there was a mo- couple of moments when he looked kind of slow, and I'm like, Tyson Berry is not slow. So I don't know. Um, what do I know? I'm just obviously guessing here. Uh, we teased the Battle of Alberta tomorrow. Oilers and Flames play. Then there's a lengthy break again. We'll get to that as well. Battle of Alberta. What are you guys expecting? It got a little bit feistier in the last one. Uh, maybe some of the blood is blood starting to boil between these two teams, uh, despite it being relatively quiet so far. Dan, hockey fights side of you. What do you think for tomorrow's Battle of Alberta? Well, I got to give credit to Matthew Kachuk because for a guy that in this in this rivalry was basically a non-factor for the first six games of the of the time, he he definitely got under the skin. I think of a couple guys in the last game and and did his job um, that he hasn't been very good at doing this year. Uh, otherwise, so you know that's the that's the kind of stuff that the Oilers have to stay away from uh, more often than not, just because. You can't you can't go down on the penalty kill, even though our penalty kill has been better. Uh, you can't be on the special teams all the time, uh, as we've seen against the, the Toronto Maple Leafs a few times, and that's not necessarily our fault. That's the referees, but um, but yeah. So for me, it's it's you just gotta let gotta let the Flames do what they're gonna do. They're gonna take some runs at some guys because their season is over, and you know they've got Milan Lucic still on their team. So it's uh, for me, it's just kind of play your game, beat them on the scoreboard let them let them have the after the whistle stuff that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Rick, here's one for you. Holland says he won't deal the 2021 first rounder for a rental, but he is open to trading it for a player with term or something like that. Well, that's more. That's more. Come on now. That's just, we are like, where there's He's literally smoke, tweeting there's about Taylor Hall. Where so what you're saying smoke, is there's fire. Come on, let's get it done. I, if nothing more than just to watch whatever everyone's reaction, I think it'd be absolutely hilarious. The reaction me, would be great. If you gave me the choice between a first for Raquel or a first for Hall, I think I'd take Raquel. Oh, spicy. Can you get him? Can you get him signed? He's signed next year at like three point sum. So like that cap hit next year is a dream. Mm. Oh, that's pretty nice. I want Ricardo Raquel nice. so bad. That is really it nice. was, it was full credit. Very sexual power. We'll credit to other fans getting excited yesterday about Taylor Hall because the uh, the guys over at Dropping the Gloves posted a or had a had a clip about Taylor coming to Edmonton and they were just blown away by our response and the fans' response, which is I mean entirely predictable to us. You're either Taylor Hall guy or you're not, and there's no in between. Um, But uh, but yeah, they were they were they were blown away by our response. That's why I got to I got to take off my hoodie. I'm thinking too much about Ricard Raquel. (laughs) <laughs> that's why the Oilers fans are the best on earth. Here we go. Tyler popping off. Oh, I saw a little nipple there. Nice white tee here. V neck. Tyler looking sharp. Good for you, buddy. What? Nothing. Okay. You look great. Uh, so Ken Holland is open to trading that first, provided he's got a player with some term. Could be a Ricard Raquel. Could be a Taylor Hall. Damn right. It could be Ricard Raquel. <laughs> uh we shall see Miranda Kerr I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Miranda Kerr bag milk on Monday as well. Let's get that done. We'll give you my Snapchat anytime you like. Uh, okay. Battle of Alberta. Back to I'm back to the task at hand here, boys. Uh let's get some keys to victory. I would love nothing more than to see the Oilers put another nail in the Flames coffin that is this season. What has to happen to make it work, Tyler? Hot start, score on your power plays. 
that's kind of it. If you can put home two power play goals and you get one in the third period, you're probably beating this Flames team. They're a pretty vulnerable group. They've shown they can take trips to the box, although the Oilers probably got some help officiating-wise last game. Um, yeah, I just think that's kind of it right there. I think it's uh, capitalize on your power plays and score early. I would imagine Mike Smith gets the start, so I will add in, as I always do, it's boring, respect the blue lines. Uh, Rick, I saw you tweet respect the blue lines the other day. Shout out to you. Uh, and Mike Smith needs to be dialed in. I imagine he will be. He seems to be fired up. Those are my keys. Mr. Dan. It's, it, I say it every time we talk about it, but it's that first period. This team loves to get a goal or two in the first period, and that sets the tone for their entire game. If if they don't get that goal, they, they tend to have to rely on Schmidt or, or Koskinen to kind of keep them alive in points and in bursts. And, uh, you know, we saw it in Montreal. It didn't work. We saw it in Ottawa and it did work. So uh, I would like to see them get, you know, get two quick ones, one quick one on the, the flames and just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game where they, where the flames are just chasing the game instead of trying to muck it up and shut us down in the neutral zone. Rick keys to beating the flams. I just want them to see, want to see them come out <clears throat> and play that tight knit full game style, play it for 60 minutes, nothing flashy, go out there, go shift by shift. And cause we need to start looking at playoff hockey. This, uh, you know, the barn burner eight, seven stuff has to go away now. Uh, they need to come out and show that uh, they, they obviously have already, but they got to win those close ones. I want to see them come out and play a, a big team 60 minute game. Nothing flashy. Just get the win. Let's get out of there. 60 minutes is just hugely important. Now that right, we had the lead against, we had the lead against Montreal and couldn't That's hold what on to say. it. You can't, you can't slip up right there. So you can't be doing that. 60 minutes. Just go out there, play that game. We know we can do it. It's in the fucking toolbox. Let's go out and do it. Cause we have to start getting ready for the playoffs right now. That's what I was going to say too. that. That law blown loss against Montreal is still so annoying to me. They had a two goal lead going into the third and the wheels fell off. Uh, tomorrow's game is going to be the last one for a minute as the Canucks games are now officially postponed. Right, Tyler? Can we call it, can we call it the Taylor Hall break? Yeah. Uh, the Miranda Kerr break kicks off on Sunday. Uh, The Canucks, obviously they are still continuing to deal with COVID and we hope everybody's safe over there, but that did create a free week for the Oilers that was not planned. Has, uh, Tyler, have you heard anything through TSN or just your travels in general about maybe crowbarring a couple of games in there before they play the Jets next Saturday, the 17th? Dave Tippett's kind of made it sound like they're going to have some time off. So I, I think that's probably what we're going to see here is the Oilers are going to have a bit of a break. I honestly, like I know the TV contracts and, and all that make this difficult to do, but I'm just personally of the opinion that the playoffs teams are locked in. Do we really need the Vancouver Canucks to play 15 games in 30 days down the stretch or even quicker than that just to get them to 56 for the TV deal? Like I I'm a big believer that at some point here, let's just use some common sense and put money aside. You got the season in that was important. Let's just do the points percentage thing. The Oilers don't need to have all these extra road trips. No team does. But doesn't so points like, percentage put us in fourth. I don't know. Third. I don't I think care. We might, Third right now. Well, I care. I yeah, I think we might have a hair on uh, Montreal. Yeah, I think there's s- seven points back or nine points back with. They games. have a five eight one points percentage. We have a six point or six three four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's their points and how many games behind? They have four games in hand on us. And how many points are we ahead? We're nine points ahead of them. So yeah, if they won them all, we'd still be one point up on them. 
So looking at it tomorrow, Calgary, that's a, that's a game that was supposed to go on in May. That got shifted to tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, and the late one on Hockey Night Canada. Then they will have six days off. So Nugent Hopkins is a guy, obviously, that's going to benefit having six days off He's if he got his bell rung there against the Senators. I would imagine there's some other guys on the team that if they have some, some Very. optional skates that are just not going to be there because of, of being banged up. Like I, th- I think Tyson Berry's banged up. Um, Yamamoto was banged up a little bit before. Uh, he looked good last night, but maybe he could use some time. So do you, do you think, think that this is a the... better chance to have this days off than the last time though? Because the last time the Oilers came back and they didn't really look sharp in their first game back. Do you think they that... were on the road the whole time yeah. too though, right? They had to That's stay big. out there. Now they're at home. They got to hang out with Lenny and Jaffa. Like, you know, life's pretty good here. I, I think that's a great point by Rick. You're at home and it's a lot easier to rest and, and feel good yep. when you're spending time with your family and your dogs. Because they lost that, do you think that's kind of why they didn't try and uh, weasel in any games this week? Give them that week off still? I don't think they I know it's that much five pull. days, five days, seven days. Well, no, do you think the NHL did it? Do you think the NHLPA stepped up, stepped up and said, hey, listen. You owe them one? Yeah, like they didn't get their five. Like, let's just leave it at this and figure it out on the back end of it. Maybe. It's going to be interesting because, like, we're obviously we're running out of time before the end of the season. Um, I, I can't wait to see what the NHL is is going to do. Here. And more COVID cases can and are happening. Sure, I mean, even just look at Toronto. William Nylander, I, I think he's still out. Um, he's out for at least a week now. Yeah, yeah. So COVID protocols. So you never know. Um, it's going to be interesting. I imagine more games are going to get shuffled and moved around as we go here, but we shall see. Just Colorado, Colorado skipped their morning skate today because somebody tested positive yesterday. Everybody's tested negative since yesterday and today, as far as I understand. But um, somebody, and they just said a person. So they didn't say a player or man, anything like that. They said a person did so. Just a note from the uh, Holland presser. Holland did just say that he there's no urgency to sign Dylan Holloway because his, of his broken thumb. He's probably out for another month before they have to make that decision. So there's I still just, he's still thinking about it, obviously, or talking about it. No rush. No rush on Holloway no for rush. sure. No rush on him at all. And you know what? If you're listening to this right now and you're like, Dylan Holloway should be with the others. No, we shouldn't. Just, we it was a flat. It was a, it was, it was something cool. It's something flashy and it got our attention and having this slow us down and kind of like prevent us from doing anything is probably the smartest move. Yep. I agree. Tyler, get your buttons ready. It is time for uh. the deuce vodka, <laughs> hot and cold performers. I'm watching Dolph. <laughs> cold performer for Tyler. If you go to deucevodka.com, they have a store locator there. Uh, Liquor Connect in Alberta. You can find all the all the retailers that sell Deuce Vodka. And at the very top of the page, there's a very handsome picture of Brett Kissel looking off into the wilderness. He's in there in the mountains next to a lake, probably enjoying a cocktail responsibly, of course. If you have questions or concerns, you can always reach out to sales at deucevodka.com. Time for the hot and cold performers of the week. As we do every week, we start off with our veggies and I'm going to look at Mr. Nation. Dan, he's first up on my screen, your deuce vodka cold performer of the week. Well, allow me to defend our fellow North division opponents. um, As I give my cold performer of the week to the people that are hating on the North division, there's this brand new, just this year, obviously uh, hatred for the North division saying that uh, any team coming out of the North division can't compete against the Tampa Bay's and the Colorado avalanches of the world. When I look around at the other divisions and I have the ability to watch and I've had the, uh, the pleasure to watch uh, quite a few games from around the league. 
I don't look at any of those other divisions and say, man, that is just murder's row. Every division has three good teams in it, and then the their bottom four and five teams are trash or they're you know a combination there of a team that got hot at some point in the chicago blackhawks or you got the nashville predators who had written off their season and are now coming alive um so for me it's 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 a funny kind of double standard that they apply to the north division um, whether it's because canadians love the north division i don't know what it is but I'm getting sick and tired of hearing people say that the North division is a joke of a division, because I think if you think that, then you think that all the divisions are jokes of a division, get your head straight, watch a few more games of ours because these teams are really good and they're good. They at what watch, they do. They got to watch their games. You're right. Cause if yeah. you've watched some of these teams, they have not looked fucking unbeatable. I've the watched Colorado avalanche been- have played the Minnesota wild who, who, in this on this panel had the Minnesota Wild as a top performer this year. Yet the Minnesota Wild have looked like have looked like a you know a, a heck of a team this year. Florida down the Panthers, stretch. man. The Florida, Florida Panthers. Panthers are one of the top teams in the league right now, and they're in that division. So I just don't get the hate on the North Division. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't agree with it, and I really do believe that the team that comes out of the North Division, be it us, the Calgary, or sorry, not the Calgary Flames, be it us, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Winnipeg Jets, or the Montreal Canadiens, they're going to be competitive in those games in the semifinals and the finals. And uh, so, yeah, haters of the North Division, you're my cold performer of the week. Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. What's a five-minute cold performer? Sorry, I know. <laughs> I long. I rambled. I ranted. Uh, Rick, you're next up on my screen. You're you have a cold 12 seconds. Go. <laughs> well, this is going to go back to, I think it was yesterday. It was just, it was, uh, this is out of baseball. This is one of the weirdest things. Like, it's just, honestly, if in terms of a cold performance, this is what it was. It was the Mets in the ninth inning. Two strikes, two outs. Ball is a, ball is a strike. Like, it's right down the middle. Right down he the leaves up. Right down the pipe, leaves the bat on his shoulders. Somehow gets his right, his lead, his lead elbow out there a bit, and makes the most minuscule contact with the ball. So the first thing the ump does is call strike. Then of course you know takes a fraction of a second. Go oh shit that hit him too. Throws him down to first. But when you watch the replay, because they had to go make sure he actually got hit. When you watch the replay, dude drops his elbow in there on purpose to get hit. So they're using the replay to find out if he got hit but they can't use that exact same replay to, to, to decipher the fact that he put his elbow out there. It's, I think there's still that, and there's still weird things like this in the NHL and, and in NFL where they can replay things, but you can't change everything you can see in that replay. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I actually feel bad for some of these guys with, with the replay because you, we should never be able to tell that. Like That's just way too fast. Our eyes can't handle it. Whatever your eyes sees is what the way it should be. This frame-by-frame bullshit takes some of the fun of the game. But, yeah, the MLB just looked really funny yesterday with this game. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I've always, you know what, it's been a weird thing of mine. It's probably because I used to love Happy Gilmore as much as I did. But uh, I've always wondered what it would be like to get hit by a baseball that when it's just humming at you. I mean, I don't want to. It would hurt like fuck. But I just I would always wonder because there's a lot of guys that get beat. That is, you want to stand that is in the box and content. See, you want to stand in the box and see some pitches, though. Like, I want to stand yes. there and have yes. Kate throw a strike, throw a curveball. And he, I, I want it to be a lefty. I, I hit left. Yep. I want it a lefty. And he'll be like, I promise you, don't move. Don't fall back. This is not going to hit you. And he throws it and it comes in. It looks like it's right at my head and ends up around my toes. Like it'd be absolutely ridiculous. Do you guys know we have a professional baseball pitcher who listens to this podcast? 
No, we don't. Yeah, man. Eric Sabrowski from, uh, he's in the Padres organization. He listens to this podcast. Uh, He's a nine. He can throw oh, hard. So we can <laughs> Eric, set this up probably in the summer. We like, need this, man. I yeah, yeah, would I love like- nothing more than to, I've, I've thought about this too, Rick. The closest I've ever come is one time I was at a batting cage and it went up to a hundred, a uh, hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And I was hitting at like 60, like, okay. But then I was just like, this is no fun. I want to crank it the fuck up and see what actually happens. <laughs> oh. So I cranked it up to a hundred. And by the time I swung the bat, it had already hit the plate behind me and like by a bit. I did the same thing. I got up to like 85 and I found out when I was swinging, I started my swing as I saw the ball, like start coming around the top of the, uh, of the wheel there. It's not coming off yet. It's just starting to come up and around. And that's when you had to start your swing. It's absolutely insane. How fast that fucking ball moves. I would love nothing more than to see a fastball, a curveball, like all that, but like from the batter's so, box and to see what it's really like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> so are we asking to hit the ball or are we asking to be hit by the ball? Cause that's how no, no, I want to see the, I want to see, I want to see the pitch. I want to see one down the middle. I'm sure I'll try and swing for sure. Yeah, but I want to see what it's like. I want to see the movement on the ball. <laughs> I just, to Dan's question, I'll take I've one in the, I will take one in the arm too. If he wants to, if that's what Ooh, it takes. No, you, I've always, it's not going to feel good. Trust me. It's not going to feel good, but as payment, sure. I've always wondered what it would be like to get hit by a ball. Cause those guys, sometimes they just turn and take it. And they're just like, you could tell they're pissed off about it, but the bigger point, I would love nothing more than stand in the box and just see it come and try to try to connect. There's no way I would like, I could just imagine the four of us swinging at a pro level curveball. It'd be fucking, there's, <laughs> oh, man. we'd look absurd. If, if one of us fouled it off, we'd be just running the bases celebrating. Like, I just want to get bat on ball. And I don't think yeah, I'd be able to do I mean. that. Just get a little tap off into the, into the foul area. <laughs> I see myself doing some weird slow pitch type batting where you start up here and you're like hacking down like an ax because the ball just dives. All right, we got off track here. Tyler, Duzvok, yeah. cold performer of the week. Uh, my cold performer of the week is going to be the upcoming week off. We've been absolutely spoiled this season with games every second night. It's been fun to create content. It keeps you busy. There's stuff to do at night since we really can't do much else. Getting to sit down and watch Oilers games every second night has basically spoiled me. And now I'm pissed that we have an entire week off. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Uh, my deuce vodka cold performer of the week to wrap this part off is the no fun police. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Yes, the Oilers beat the Ottawa Senators. Yes, they are bad. Yes, they swept them. But you know what? Have some fucking fun, people. Good Lord. It's like you, if, you, if you cruise around social media, you would think some people are watching a – some Oilers fans that are – that I should say, some Oilers fans are watching a team that's 10 games below 500 rather than one that's battling towards the top of the division. It's just – it's so weird. We've seen really, really bad teams as Oilers fans over the years. This isn't that. Are they perfect? No. Do they rely too much on Connor and Leon? Of course. But – Stop and smell the roses, man. This is a playoff team. They're going to the playoffs. And once you get there, anything can happen. So you know what? Have a little bit of fun. Enjoy your life for once. No fun, please. My cold performer of the week. Boy, that escalated quickly. What escalated quickly is our love and passion for standing in the batter's box. Apparently yeah. this is not <laughs> a hockey thing, but now that we know that there's a pro level baseball player that listens to this, we need you. It's we need you to throw balls at us. It's because we've got a week of like basically summer coming up, you know, we're, yep. we're our brains are uh, going into a little bit of vacation mode.
I would also, you know what I would like to see too? I would like to have a, cause I stupidly actually, you know what I maintain, I could throw a baseball over the skinniest part of the North Saskatchewan was, River. That's exactly what I thought of. I maintain that I, I still maintain I can do it. I would love to stand in a field with a guy who's a pro baseball player and just chuck it towards home plate and see like how much further he can throw than me. <laughs> I also think that would be fun. Have you ever gotten into Telus Field? Have you ever been in no field? Yep. Oh, yeah. It's the yep. biggest place in the world for when Allegedly. you stand out there. And you're like, this, this, there's nothing bigger. And you try and throw from like the track. You need, I need like three guys to try and relay it in. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. I want to stand on the track and try and gun to how many hops is it going to take me to get to home plate? Like, there's a be- good, there's a good chance I wouldn't be able to throw in a dude from second, let alone third. <laughs> we need to find a way to make this happen, man. Do. That'd All be right, great flipping, content. Flipping, flipping the ledger. <laughs> Deuce Vodka, Hot Performer of the Week. Tyler, I'm starting with you. Your Deuce Vodka, Hot Performer of the Week. Masters Week. I love it. This weekend, the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday, of course, the Sunday, all of it. It's legitimately, if I had to rank my top five favorite weeks of the year, Masters Week is up there. I'm having a great time here. I've been watching the golf this whole podcast. The Masters website is unreal. You can just pick like your however many favorite golfers and it'll just show you only their shots. So you don't have to watch the rest of the nonsense. It's like Red Zone almost. Yeah, it is. It's, it's just nonstop action. I love it. I love it. I love it. Master's Week. Oh, second time in six months we're getting it too. It's uh it is just unbelievable <laughs> stuff. I like this right here. Uh Mike Weir is competing for the the green jacket. Yes. I put money on him yes. to make the cut, but I don't think he did. Thanks. Uh Rick, you're next <laughs> up. You're a Deuce Vodka hop from the week. Well, if you look outside, you can tell that uh, it's kind of dried up. Everything's sunny out there. And this is the official start to scooter season. Ah, the limes and the birds, they are out there, gentlemen. Uh, I've utilized them a couple times already. Uh, honestly, there's nothing better. I throw the old, uh, the old hunter backpack on. That's my work bag. I throw the hunter backpack on and scoot down to work and back home again. It's, it's a nice couple of minutes. So I got to say, uh, I'm very happy the scooters are back. Cash money. Uh, Rick, wait till I'm down in your head, buddy. I, we're going to be scooting everywhere. Oh, buddy, it's uh, good life. Dan, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Uh, it's going to go out to our goalies. Uh, both guys sure. both guys have been playing really well. Uh, Schmidty, of course, has been on hot fire since, uh, since his return from the early season uh, missing. But, uh, yeah, for me, you know, for two guys that, that don't get a lot of the bylines just because – we have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Norris, uh, you know, all these, these guys that get the love before that, them. Uh, I've been really impressed with Mike, Sh- Mike Schmidt, but also right really excited with, uh, with Miko Koskinen, who's been playing well in his, uh, in his spot duties that he gets. And uh, people just need to stop, uh, stop hating on those guys that much and just enjoy what we have right now. And uh, yeah. So my goalies, my hot performer of the week. Both goalies were excellent in that Ottawa series. That, really the, Miko, that was one of Miko's better games. That's where he never let in the next goal. Like yep. when you look back at the end of the game and go, fuck, we need one of those not to go in. He didn't. That was that was the first one that I think that stood out to me this year where he looked like he didn't let in the next goal. That was, that was the, huge for us. The two goals that he did let in, I, I didn't have a problem with either. Like the one was Thomas Shabbat circled the net with speed. Uh, Darnell Nurse kind of didn't have his man stick and he put it through that happens. And then the second one, Connor Brown is fucking on fire right now. And he made a perfect shot. What are you going to do sometimes? You know, what are you going to do? Just to wrap things up, my deuce vodka hot 
performer of the week. I got two because I'm selfish. I was very, very happy to see both Puliyarvi and Yamamoto get goals last night. Both of those guys needed one. I know Puliyarvi's was an empty netter, but still counts. And over and, and a half. And all of us bet on the real life podcast yesterday that he would get a point last night. So we hit on that. I know Tyler and I both had the over eight and a half goals bet in on the season as well. Hit on that last night. Puliyarvi made me happy. And then most importantly, my deuce vodka hot performer of the week was me for the decision to air fry a beef and cheddar. Now, <laughs> I talk a lot about Arby's beef and cheddars. If you follow me on any social media, you know this. However, last weekend was my birthday and I decided to treat myself. So I went to Arby's, ordered four. I came home and I air fried two of them. And let me tell you, Rick, the crispy bun, the crispy meat, the liquid cheese coming out the sides. It's glorious. That was good living. So those, Arby's beef and cheddar in the air fryer, Yamamoto and Pooley Arby goals, hot performer of the week. Damn Arby's boys, wheels up, ski, skirt. Amen. Amen. Uh, any last updates from the Holland presser, Dan? Or are we all wrapped up? Dan is on mute. Stop hitting the mute button. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's anything really. It's just he, you know, he's doing like a quote, like it's poker. You're playing poker. It's the art of being a general manager at trade deadline time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the, uh, the Dylan Holloway was the last, last real quotable thing. So nothing crazy from Ken Holland. I don't know if you expected him to say anything crazy, but he did not. It is very much in his on brand repertoire of saying a lot of words, but a whole lot of nothing. Go ahead. Dan. Is it, is it weird that the trade deadline is on a Monday this year? Is that is, does that seem different to me than it's usual? usually a random day of the week? Okay, I, I yeah. it just seems bizarre to not be able to you know have your your weekly day news kind of thing. But uh, everything's weird this year, so everything is weird. And uh, completing the weirdness, uh, DMX died today. Sucks. Yeah, I was a sucks. huge, huge DMX guy in high school, and to be honest, some of the best nights in my life that I ever had at the pint were when up in here by DMX came on. We just, the place goes fucking bananas. So that sucks, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's all for Oilers Nation Radio, episode 132. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood for the Giants, Skip the Dishes, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka for making all this possible. And you, the very, very attractive listeners, Mm -hmm. and you, Mr. Professional Baseball Player, that will soon be, uh, a part of all of the content we're creating in the summer. Now that we know that you're around Tyler, what was his name again? I, I don't want to screw it up. Eric Sabrowski. Eric Sabrowski. You are our new best friend. Let's throw balls over the river. Throw, throw baseballs at me and Rick. I'm a righty. He's a lefty. We can both stand there on either side of the plate. You know, oh, he puts it down the middle. Oh, that yeah. Terrifying. Oh, puts man. it down the middle. We each try to take a swing. We're probably neither of us are going <laughs> to hit it. Nope. We'll see how it goes. All right. That is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 132. Next week, we will recap all the trades from the deadline, be it Oilers or otherwise. Enjoy that. I'll have the live blog up probably around eight or nine. Mailbag as well. Enjoy the Flames game tomorrow. Risky business an hour before puck drop. Blue Jays Nation Radio uh, twice a week now, Tyler. Yep. At the end of every series, we're recapping every Jays series going forward. Download and subscribe, Blue Jays Nation Radio, wherever you get your podcasts from as well. From all of us here, enjoy the weekend. Shout out, Damien. 
Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.